Well, hey, good morning, everyone. It's 9.30, and thank you for being here this morning for Sunday School. I'm Melvin Gaines with Akron Alliance Fellowship Church. Uh, thanks for dropping by for another edition of Sunday School. We are getting started now. The time was sneaking up on us so quickly here, and uh, but we're here. We're ready to get rolling, and we want to go ahead and start by playing some praise music. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's going to be P.J. Morton. <clears throat> the name of the uh, music is All in His Plan, featuring Leandria Johnson and Mary Mary. Uh, so please sit back and enjoy music while we allow people to jump on with us. Thanks for being here this morning. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Nate. Brother Nate, how you doing? Hey, Liz, good morning. Welcome to Sunday School. Brother Roscoe, good morning. Hey, Cindy, good morning. Thanks for being here today. Angie, good morning. Oh, we're doing great. Lynn and I are doing fantastic. Every day is an adventure. to get ahead of ourselves, stay in the moment, stay in the day. You always make plans for the future, but you still have to be present where you're at. Good morning, Bev. How are you? Good morning, Arlen. to block that. There you go. We're still here. <laughs> One thing that uh, Facebook doesn't seem to understand is that when you're playing music, doesn't mean that you're ripping off anybody. You're just borrowing it and you're using it for the purpose of giving praise and worship. So just note that, Arlen. I tried to block the video because of that. It's really silly. Because of the music. It's just it's silly. It's just a silly thing to do. I'm not going to... Yep. Praise the Lord. Yes, you're in Latson, South Carolina. Very good. That's the beauty of Sunday school. Beverly is in South Carolina right now. 
a beautiful day, beautiful warm day. It's gonna be warm here. We're gonna hit 90 here today. Good morning, Jackie. Thanks for joining us. Yes, indeed. Amen. Well, that was uh, P.J. Morton, All in His Plan, featuring Leandria Johnson and Mary Mary. Um, and uh, Facebook, I think, wanted to also make sure that we were aware of that, too, by trying to block it. But that's how, that's how things go. We work around those things. Um, we have a new study we're starting today, and I hope that uh, you enjoy it because it's going to be an, a phenomenal study, not just for today, but for the future because we're going to be in the book of Hebrews. We're, we're starting out a new study I've never done before, uh, personally, but Hebrews is such a rich book, one of the, probably one of the most important books in the New Testament outside the Gospels as far as uh, just... Uh, along with Romans is also Romans is also very important, which we one day we'll get back to and probably try to do as well, because of it of its what it declares, how it states uh, truth about Jesus Christ and our faith and who He really is. But we'll get to that. Let's cover some announcements. Um, morning, Miss Laura. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, God bless you. Hope you got some rest <laughs> after yesterday. Um, First of all, uh, Pastor Gus's message, uh, will, he will be giving the message today at church, but there will be a message available online after Sunday school today. The message uh, is a continuation of his series in the covenant, uh, covenant with the people. Um, uh, Why Israel uh, is the uh, title of this message. It will be available online uh, after Sunday school. If you are not able to come to church in Akron, uh, we welcome you uh, for that particular uh, staying staying uh, ready to hear what he has to say about the covenant and why it's very important. So that's coming up after Sunday school. It will also be the message, uh, a summarized message, I believe, at church today as well, too, uh, for those who are coming to church. The Zoom Bible study is today as well. Uh, after it gets really hot outside today, why don't you get inside, get a little bit of a, <laughs> a rest about 5 o'clock. That's when we'll be online for our Zoom Bible study today. For those of you who have uh, already submitted your uh, email addresses, I'll be getting those out to you this afternoon. We'll be getting those so you can uh, have the invitation and click on and join us. 5 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, 2 o'clock Pacific Daylight Time. That's when our Zoom Bible study will take place. We hope that you join us. We're going to be continuing in the book of Luke. And I hope that uh, is going to be part of your calendar today. Morning, Joanna uh, and uh, Charles. Thanks for being here. Tithes and offerings. Please remember your tithes and offerings. Remember them, and if you are unable to get to church to drop them off in the drop box, please uh, mail those tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship. 
688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. That is where you can mail those. And we welcome your ongoing participation to make sure that tithes and offerings are getting in uh, to the church. We, um, we're truly blessed because our tithes and offerings probably are, uh, I would say, they were down a little bit in 2020 just because of the nature of what was happening, but they have actually picked back up again. We want to encourage everybody just to keep going uh, forward and making sure that you are uh, being good stewards as well, too, when it comes to uh, giving your giving. We don't want to overemphasize it, but we want to emphasize it because it is something that is important for us to remember. And with that in mind, that covers all the business as far as the uh, announcements. We are going to get into Hebrews. We're only going to be covering six verses. And the reason why we're covering six verses is because we need to be, make sure that we're also doing an introduction as to what the book of Hebrews represents, but we're going to be covering Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I don't know how long it's going to take to go through this study. It really kind of depends upon uh, how long it takes me to make some points, I guess, more than anything else. Uh, but but it's going to be a great study. I, I ask that you just pray about this study and pray about how you see Jesus Christ personally. I think that is what's going to be the most important takeaway as we start this study. We are still learning about who Jesus Christ is. We are still learning about his magnificence, his totality. There's all kinds of adjectives that you'll be uh, using as you go through this study and understanding who Jesus Christ is. And because we, we um, the introduction uh, is going to be basically a comparison between uh, Christ and the angels, and, and we'll talk about that uh, as we go forward, not just this week, but also next week when we get back and in, get into the rest of chapter 1 of Hebrews. But there is so much to take away here uh, with this passage, that I and I want to make sure that I'm articulating this stuff very well for you um, as the Lord provides the power through the Spirit to do so. Thank you again for being here. We're going to go ahead and get started with a word of prayer. Let's join in. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to hear your word, hear you speak to us through the power of the Spirit. Not my words, Lord, but your words that are being imparted. We thank you for the study of the book of Hebrews. We thank you for what is being communicated, uh, being communicated to Jewish Christians. We thank you for uh, how this message is, per, is given and that we can understand it and we can see the magnificence of Jesus Christ as we move forward here with this study. We thank you for your very presence this morning. We thank you for where more than two are gathered, whether it be here or online, we know that you are present. We thank you for that too. Bless us and keep us, Lord, as we move forward. And as we trust you, and as we look to you as being our true leader in faith, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 6. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. Verses 1 through 6. And one thing that we want to make sure that we're understanding here about this passage is that we need to understand the superiority of Jesus Christ. He is Lord. When we say he is Lord, we mean he is Lord because he is indeed the, the one that we 
uh, look to in all that we do. We have said over and over again how the book of the Bible is all 66 books point back to Jesus Christ. And he is the one we have to center on because of the nature of our faith, what we believe, what we trust. There's really no denial that Jesus Christ ever existed by anyone, whether they follow him or believe in him or not. They have made assessments based upon their own faith or their own belief or lack of faith that Jesus Christ was a prophet, a teacher. He was all those things, but he was much more than that. And we, this is what is mentioned here in Hebrews. So let's go ahead and get started by reading the passage. Uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I, I, I love how the New Living Translation spells it out uh, as a readable aspect, but I'm also going to be referring to the English Standard Version as we go back over some of these passages. Um, pardon me? Both are in the timeline? Fabulous. Okay. If they're in the timeline, that's great. Um, and uh, I appreciate uh, the fact that... Uh, my lovely bride here, Mrs. Gaines, is helping out to assist. So it's all well and good. Thank you. Let's go ahead and read uh, verses 1 through 6. Um, Hebrews chapter 1, starting with verse 1, New Living Translation. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the, through the prophets. And now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his Son. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance and through the sun, he created the universe. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. This shows that the sun is far greater than the angels just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus, You are my son, today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, Let all of God's angels worship him. Okay, that's Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I've, I was debating whether or not to do the entire chapter at first, but I, I, I decided to settle on the first six passages because I don't want to rush through the study, for one thing. Uh, we're not in a hurry. <laughs> we want to make sure that we're covering everything as much as we can and doing so in such a way where we're getting bite-sized chunks of this passage and making sure that we have complete understanding of it. And I'm going to trust that you're going to take your study of this passage and go back and refer to this passage. And, and I would challenge you, too, and I've mentioned this, too, on my, on my faith channel, uh, about how it's important for us to have the proper sourcing of materials as we do our studies. Um, I've mentioned in the past that the New Living Translation is a great readable translation to review, but I always recommend comparing it to another translation such as the ESV or whatever you prefer on your own. I even go back and use the old Holman Christian Standard Bible as well, too. Not so much even the CSB. The CSB is fine, but the Holman version has um, the unique way of uh, referring to uh, passages in the Old Testament and the New Testament with by bolding them and, and making you aware that those are Old Testament references. 
this particular study, um, in this particular section here, it does the same thing. It actually refers to Old Testament references. So let's take a look at this um, bit by bit here. The book of Hebrews describes in detail how Jesus Christ not only fulfills the promises and prophecies of the Old Testament, but is better than everything in the Jewish system of thought. You have to remember who this is being written to. This is being written to Jewish Christians. Um, and that's something that we have to take into account as far as the audience is concerned. And when I say written, we, we're going to get into a brief discussion too. Is this a true letter or is this uh, something different? Um, the Jews did accept the Old Testament. But of course, as we probably know, just from looking at the Gospels and some of the interactions Many of them rejected Jesus as the long-awaited Messiah. They didn't know that Jesus was the Messiah, would not, well, would not believe he was the Messiah, frankly. So it was written to Jewish Christians, and they were well-versed in Scripture. They had professed faith in Christ, but whether or not they were, uh, frankly, you know, really believing all of this, that's up for debate, I suppose. Um, they could have been persecuted. They, they could have been subject to false teaching. But the issue here was that the audience is being directed about this because um, there was a danger that they would reject Christianity, reject being Christians, and go back to being uh, following Judaism, which is not hard to believe. It's, it makes a lot of sense, frankly. Um, Christianity was a new thing. It was the new the new thing in town, the new thing that was being paid attention to, and we, and yeah, we, it, it was not, it was treated as a trend, but honestly, it was uh, not a trend. It was something that was supposed to be fulfilling and everlasting. But you know how stuff is. You know, we there are a lot of things that happen today that we talk about that are trendy, and we recognize that. And and honestly, we we always need to go back to look at Jesus Christ was not a trend, um, just like this whole thing about. Uh, diversity and discussions about that is not meant to be trendy, uh, but we want to make sure that it's not treated that way. We want to make sure that if we're speaking about equality uh, for everybody, we are doing so in such a way where this is not a trend. It's a reality for everyone to understand. Now, the authorship of Hebrews is uncertain. There have been discussions, and i got to tell you, even in my research about this, it's all over the place. It's no... Um, there isn't agreement about this. There have been names mentioned about who authors this book because you'll notice it doesn't start out like the traditional letters that Paul writes that we've just covered. Um, First Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, they're all not written like letters here. They're, they, this is supposedly a letter, but I think that there's a, an explanation as to why it, it is. It looks a little bit different than a letter to me, and, I'm, and I have a suspicion as to why. But there are several names mentioned. Luke... Barnabas, Apollos, Priscilla, and Paul were all suggested names as authors of this book. Well, that's, that's a lot, <laughs> a lot to choose from. Some scholars don't think Paul wrote this because of the writing style. Um, it's different from his letters, but that doesn't necessarily mean Paul didn't write it. Uh, I, you know, People make a conclusion like this, but it doesn't mean that Paul didn't write it. I'll explain why in a moment. And again, I, you know, I could be just as wrong as anybody else, but we have to look at things sometimes looking at it from a practical sense, especially for someone like myself who tries to write out sermons. Sermons aren't written as letters. 
Um, that's something that I, I taught, took here, and I suspect that this was written as a sermon um, for as a message being given orally to people to, to hear what was going on. Now, uh, it's a long sermon, <laughs> the way it's written, because of all the different chapters involved, but uh, it, it, I think it's bits and pieces of this are, are a message that I can see being articulated to people. Um, we, we know that um, Paul did identify himself within these other letters, and he appealed to his authority as an apostle in doing so. Um, but this writer of Hebrews never gives his or her name, never mentions that. Um, and so that would lend to the fact that this wasn't necessarily a letter. It may have been a message, a sermon. Um, one of my sources, which is gotquestions.org, by the way, which I, I rely upon very heavily uh, as information gathering is concerned. But the thought that they have is that Paul may indeed have written this, but it was written and transcribed by Luke um, as a message. So that's something that we need to take into account here. But I don't want to dwell too much on who wrote this. It, it's not really important at this point who wrote it. There, that's one of the details that it's nice to know if, it's, if it really matters, but ultimately the, it doesn't matter who wrote it. Um, we want to give credit where credit is due, but we are going to make an assumption that the writer of this message um, knew Paul very well, probably was one of his associates, probably was around when Paul was preaching because Paul did preach. So we, we can make that conclusion just from the fact that this material is very much spot on with things that Paul would say, Paul would communicate, and that's what we have to take away from here on this. So it's just a little fun fact. You certainly are welcome to do your own research about this, and as we get back in into this passage and, and these messages, and we look at the book of Hebrews, we need to recognize, too, that um, it's 13 chapters long. It's a lot there. There's a lot of material there. The chapters, in, in, uh, for the most part, are brief. They're not uh, very long. Um, but I want you to understand that what's being communicated here ultimately comes down to God speaking through his people. Uh, we recognize that uh, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17, I believe I have that correct, uh, all scripture is God-breathed. It's a message that God is communicating through his people to the people for, for us to understand. And when we read this passage, we can see how the totality of Christ is going to be conveyed to us. So let's go back to passage 1 in Hebrews. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. And it's interesting how this is how this whole thing has started. It almost sounds like a sermon, doesn't it? It sounds like the beginning of a sermon. It's a, it sounds like an introduction to a message that is speaking about where we were at this point, where we went back to, uh, where we're going back to, and where all of this started as far as communication about speaking through, God speaking through the prophets. And now he's speaking to us, as it says in verse 2, in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. Everything about those first two verses conveys exactly where we are today uh, as a people. We are in the last days. We recognize that. There are a lot of things that are happening that uh, sometimes are beyond explanation. But here we are. We go back to long ago about how God spoke through the prophets. 
And now in the final days, he is speaking through his son, Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ is the word. He is the living word of God that has been conveyed to us. He spoke to Isaiah in visions, which is found in Isaiah 6. He spoke to Jacob in a dream, which is in Genesis 28, verses 10 through 22. He spoke to Abraham and Moses personally, which we know about in Genesis 18 and Exodus 31, 18. And so Jewish people are familiar with those names. Those are names that they all know. They know Isaiah. They know um, they know Abraham and Moses. They know Jacob. They know those names very well. So Jewish, this is a way for them to relate to what's being said. A good message always finds a way to relate to its audience. And since this is being written to Jewish Christians, well, the Jews knew the Mosaic Law. They knew all about it. They were very familiar with it. And so this is a connection that the writer of this message is conveying for people to understand. So <clears throat> the Jewish people would be familiar, so they wouldn't have found it hard to believe that God was revealing his will through those people. But now they're being told something new, that Jesus Christ is the one who is communicating now all this information through them. And that may have just surprised them to the point where they just were incredulous how God has revealed himself through Jesus Christ. Jesus, what we need to understand here, is the fulfillment and culmination of God's revelation through the centuries. He is the ultimate culmination. Why is he the culmination? Well, of all the prophecy about him coming. This was mentioned over and over again in the Old Testament, that there would be a Messiah, there would be a, a person who would be involved in uh, communicating salvation to us in some way, shape, or form. And that's what, while the old prophets may not have understood that message, that's exactly what they conveyed through God speaking through them. So we need to understand that this is the fulfillment. He is our fulfillment. He is our totality. He is our reason for living. He is our reason for doing what we do when we serve in ministry. We do it because of Jesus Christ. He is the one that we look to and he wants us to know him he wants us to have a relationship with him <clears throat> pardon me he wants us to recognize that he is the one who saves us from our sin and we have been sinful we have to readily acknowledge that that we need a savior and so it's important for us to see that salvation and that's conveyed further on when we go down in the passage, which we will do in a, a few minutes. Um, so let's go back and look at this a little bit more closely. And I just thank the Lord that uh, he has uh, just been so wonderful in this introduction. Hebrews just opens with a bang. It really does. It just talks about Jesus Christ and, and, and how he is available for us if we just trust in him. Jesus was God's agent in creating the world. Now, why do we say that? We need to go back and look at something as simple as John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Go to John 1, verses 1 through 5. John. Yeah, book of John, St. John, uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And we, we need to understand this. This is where... This cross-study is really important as we look at Hebrews and, and look at what it says. The 
John puts the rubber to the road with what he says in his the introduction of his own gospel about Jesus Christ. Um, the English Standard Version, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Word capitalized, by the way. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Who is he referring to? He is referring to none other than Jesus Christ. He was there. He was there in the beginning with God. He was involved. He was active. He was present at that time when we read in Genesis 1 about the creation of the world. He was in the beginning with God. That's verse 2 of John chapter 1. Then verse 3, all things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. It can't be more clear than that. Verse 4, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Life, light, presence, this is all, these are all descriptions about who Jesus Christ is. He is the light of the world. He has declared himself to be the light of the world. He is the one that people are drawn to when it comes to his message. It's not about, and it's the, through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not about politics. It's not about all the other stuff going on. The light of the world is the light of Jesus Christ. That is what we always want to focus on. That's what we all want to pray for when it comes to our leaders focusing on the leadership, the headship of Jesus Christ. He is the one who is the superiority. He is the totality. He is the magnificence, the magnanimous that we speak of. Jesus was God's agent in creating the world, for through him he created everything. Go to Colossians chapter 1, and let's look at verse 16. Well, let's do, yeah, that's fine. Verse 16, I was gonna, I'm going to read verse 15. You don't have to include it on the, in the text, but it sets up for what it says in verse 16. Colossians 1, I'm going to read verse 15 and then read verse 16. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. He's referring to Jesus Christ here. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Now, that puts Jesus Christ at the center of our very existence. Everything that we have is because of him. He permitted it. He was part of it. He did it. And that is why we need to make sure that we always remember that Jesus Christ is much more than a prophet. We need to refer to these passages we just read and go back to uh, when we talk about Jesus Christ and why it's important for us to understand exactly why we follow Jesus Christ. This is why. He is the reason why we follow him, the, because of what he has done for us. He was part of our very creation. He knew about us before we had any clue of our own existence and that is why he is to be revered that is why he is to be praised that is why he is to be worshipped um, do you ever have trouble worshipping God and understanding who you're worshipping start with Jesus Christ if you want to have a greater appreciation of who we are worshipping 
God the Father is indeed present. We'll look at this in the passage here. But God the Son is why we worship because of what he has done for us. He is the reason why we are worshiping. He is the reason why we are focusing on him when it comes to our relationship. Not just God the Father, not just uh, God Elohim. We're, not, we're, we're worshiping Jesus Christ because of what he has done. We need to make sure that we're looking at that. So <clears throat> the question is being asked here. As followers of Christ, we may give us easy assent to this truth, but we might deny it in practice that he, in fact, is the creator of all things. Um, well, it would be hard to contradict what Scripture says unless you just choose not to believe it. Scripture says he was indeed the creator of all things. He was present. John is saying it. Paul is saying it. In Colossians, it's just being mentioned. He was there and present. If you go back to Genesis, when we talk about the plural, plurality of the Godhead, that implies that Jesus was part of that. He was there. And so we're talking about all of them being present during creation. It, to not believe that or to think that that's something that's not really happening, we you're just going to be fighting with yourself. You're just, you're just going to be fighting with what the Scripture says. You're going, to be, have to, you're going to have to trust where your faith really is at this point. So, you know, I'm not, and, and honestly, this is something that we have to learn as individuals. We have to learn the nature of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done. We don't necessarily recognize that uh, right away. We have to kind of get into it a little bit more and understand it more. So, we may lack faith over time because we look at the world. We'll look at worldly circumstances, our finances, our family. You know, maybe there's all kinds of craziness going on, um, medical problems. And sometimes we will take those issues that come up and happen in our world and say, well, God, are you, are you in this? Are you in the midst of this? Are you... Are you going to heal me? Are you going to do whatever? And you have to understand that there's nothing that is beyond his control. If he is the creator of the universe, creator of the world, he is. there's nothing beyond his control. No part of life is out of his control. So this is a matter of faith, and that is what all it really is. It's a matter of faith and believing that, indeed, he is the one who is in control of our lives. Does he allow things to happen? Yes. There are some things that happen in our lives that we don't want to happen. But the reality is, is that these things are happening because he's allowed, he allows them. He allows them for our learning experiences, for teaching. And sometimes it comes down to not just teaching ourselves, but teaching others. And I, and I think that that's what we have to come back to. Um, no expert professor, doctor, lawyer, or financial advisor knows more about your ultimate security and well-being than Jesus does. You can get advice from all different kinds of people in the world today about what to do. Where should I invest my money? Where should I spend my time? Um, I can, you know, we have to, you, know, you have to get a lawyer sometimes to put together a will. You don't necessarily have to, but uh, that's something that we are doing, and, and so we're relying upon his expertise. But do you think that the lawyer or a doctor or anybody else knows more than Jesus Christ does? Uh, the answer is no, they don't. They don't know more. 
the wisdom and knowledge that they have comes directly from Jesus Christ. And we have to get back to that way of thinking. So when it comes down to your ultimate security and well-being, it comes down to getting back to asking Jesus about it, asking Jesus, talking to Jesus. I know that my dad was, in the midst of his healing, was very often in communication with the Lord Jesus Christ about where he was and what was happening. And earlier this year, it wasn't that great. It was pretty tough. I was wondering myself where things were going with uh, his very recovery, and he's doing much better now. Praise the God. He's doing well with that. And I think that we really sometimes don't say this enough. The prayers of the righteous avail much. And we need to say it more and more. We need to say it as often as possible, that God indeed wants to see us uh, flourish when it comes to prayer and just listen to him talk to the lord talk to jesus go to god for advice he's the one who sustains us in times of stress we have mentioned this many times before about how when we're stressed out the first thing we need to do is stop take a deep breaths and look to jesus in, in prayer and make petitions to him do some reading uh, reading daily of course but even going back and reading some more And from that perspective, you can evaluate all the other wisdom that you get, all the other advice you get, understanding that God provides wisdom through people that we seek out for advice as we are prayerful and getting those responses. Um, That comes from that pact, making a pact for Jesus. Praying, asking, consulting, and trusting in the results. Uh, That's very important for us to remember as we... uh, Go to God first is the bottom line, right? Go to Jesus Christ. He is the one who imparts wisdom to all people, all of his people. And I think that that's what we're trying to communicate here in this passage. God speaks to us through his son. Let's go back to Hebrews 1, 3. Um, The son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. And he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Kind of reads like a sermon, doesn't it? It does read like a sermon to me. That's just the way I take it. Um, That verse 3 was a nice long verse. But so we need to understand what's being said here in in this particular message. Not only is Jesus the exact representation of God, but he is God himself, the very God who spoke in Old Testament times. Jesus Christ is an eternal God. He was present during Old Testament times. He was present, obviously, in the New Testament times. When he ascended, uh, as is written in the book of Acts, he's still present. He is still God. He is still Jesus Christ. Uh, No changes have taken place. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to recognize that as well, too. He is an eternal God. He worked with the Father in creating the world, which we read about in John 1-3. Colossians 1.16, which we just read. He is the full revelation of God. You can have no clearer view of God than by looking at Jesus Christ. No clearer view. He is our best example, our best image of who God is. We saw him in person uh, through the words conveyed in the Gospels, and that's what we need to see here. He is the essence of God who came to earth died on the cross for us. He is the complete expression of God in a human body. I hope you get that. Um, that is why we need to be giving him reverence for what he has done. Uh, 
Um, the book of Hebrews links God's saving power with his creative power. In other words, the power that brought the universe into being and keeps it operating is the very power that cleanses our sins. You know, is it is it interesting how when we talk about just our own solar system, how things are operating uh, exactly as they were, you know, hundreds of years ago. There's there's when the original astronomers were looking up in the heavens, and they saw the planets. They're seeing the things that we see today, and it's amazing. We don't see planets just hurtling out of out of control. They are following an orbit, a very carefully created orbit around the sun, and just that alone should give you pause and just say, "Wow, what a magnificent, wonderful God we have!" The same God who is part of creation, including creation of our own Earth and creation of uh, the time relevant to us that we read about in Genesis about the forming of the earth to uh, inhab- have people inhabit it in such a way. Um, these are all things that are, uh, it's the same God who provided salvation for our sins that has done all these things. What a wonderful thing to remember as we look at this. How uh, much of a mistake would it be for you to think that God would never forgive you? And when I when I read this at first in this particular section, I was struck by that comment. A lot of people have real hang-ups and think that because of their sin and because of who they are, that God would never forgive them. Well, first of all, we need to know where that comes from. That's a lie from Satan. Satan wants you to believe that God could never forgive you for your sins. God will forgive everyone of every single sin. The only sin that he will not forgive essentially is a denial of himself a denial of the Spirit, uh, blaspheming against the Holy Spirit, which is the very one who would come to you and convey the information to you that you need Jesus as Savior. If you deny him, then that is the unforgivable sin. But every other sin ever committed, God can forgive, and God has forgiven. And it was all paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Absolutely. That's what we need to recognize here. No sin is too big for the ruler of the universe to handle. I have to mention the unforgivable sin because it, we, we want to be correct in context about what that really represents and what that really means. Denying or blaspheming the Holy Spirit is essentially denying God, uh, denying Christ, he, that he is not Lord, that he is not capable of saving your sins, believing that there is no reason to believe in him. That is the unforgivable sin. That is what essentially is. It is a sin to deny Uh, Jesus Christ. But that one, blaspheming the Spirit, that's the one that won't be forgiven. But all the others he will forgive. All the others he will recognize. He's forgiven murderers. He's forgiven people who have done the most heinous of things uh, against people because they've asked for forgiveness. We we need to... Yes, there will be consequences. Yeah, don't confuse the fact that there won't be consequences. Of course there will be. Uh, Murderers in prison... Uh, they may have murdered somebody, and they've asked for God's forgiveness, but they still have to pay the penalty for that murder. I mean, that's a, that's a consequence that won't, can't be denied. Um, we need to recognize all these things, too. We, we, we need to understand how much grace we really have and how much mercy that God has given to us through our lives because there are some things we've done that we're not proud of. Amen? We're not proud of them. We don't uh, revel in them. I remember there were times when I've acted an absolute fool in life. And because of God's goodness, 
Uh, he has forgiven me. I've asked for forgiveness. He's forgiven me. And I haven't had to suffer a whole lot of consequences for it. Um, that's not true for everybody, though. So we need to recognize that. Uh, but there, for the grace of God, go you and me. Um, and that's where we need to leave that. That's exactly where we are right now. Um, Jesus Christ can and will forgive us when we come to him through his son. That's the key. If we come to him directly through his son, um, God will forgive us. Jesus, that Jesus sat down, when he sat down, it says back in the passage in verse 3, that he sat down at the right hand, in the place of honor at the right hand of God. That means that his work was complete. Christ's sacrifice was final and binding and that was it it was all taken care of you know, verse 3 is a long verse in hebrews 1 but it says so much about what he has done he reflects the character of god the very character of god he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command that's jesus christ that's being referred to he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic god in heaven and so let's look at verse 4 now, back to Hebrews 1, 4. This shows that the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names. The far greater name that was given to Jesus is Son. This name given to him by his Father is greater than the names and the titles of the angels, and that's what we need to see here. Now, I'll talk about why that's important, but we want to make sure to cover this first of all remember the audience the jewish christians remember that there is this teetering going back and forth with some of them saying well do we do we follow jesus christ do we do do we go back to the old mosaic law do we go back to judaism so what was taking place at this time was something that was taking place that we read about in all the other letters uh in the new testament false teaching false teachers in many of the churches taught that god could be approached only through angels Instead of going and worshiping God directly, that was going on at, as well. There's no denial that there are angels. We, we know that there are angels because we've read about that. We know about that. We've even been informed in the New Testament that we don't even know when we're entertaining angels at times. They are present. They are active. They are available. They are ones, the ones who God serves. They serve God just the way we do. But we want to make sure that we understand that false teaching back at that time was saying that we could only go through angels instead of going directly to God. We, um, I don't know what, other than Satan, I don't know what else it could be that people are just doing this. But they're heretics. They're people who were saying these things. So the book of Hebrews is denouncing this teaching as false. Some thought of Jesus as God's highest angel. <laughs> uh, but Jesus is not a superior angel. Um, Angels are not to be worshipped. We recognize that because we go to Colossians 2.18. First of all, the idea that we're worshipping God's highest angel is contrary to what Scripture says. It's false. And we have to understand that this is how you uh, deal with these teachings that are false. Colossians 2.18. We don't worship Jesus because he's an angel. We worship Jesus because he is God. The angels report to him. Uh, Colossians 2.18, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, 
puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind. And, you know, that's what we need to understand here is that this was a false teaching. Uh, this was something that was just not to be taught. And if you go to Revelation 19, 1 to 10, we won't, we won't turn to that because it's, there's verses 1 to 10 in Revelation 19 talk about not worshiping an angel when uh, don't bow down to an angel. That was what was being said because they are not to be worshipped. They are um, just serving God like we are, honestly. They are called to serve the Lord just as we are. That is the reason why they were even created. They are servants of God. We are indeed servants of God as well, too. So they are um, in, in many ways like us, but we are even more superior, frankly, because of we are God's loved creation. Uh, he, we are the ones who are here on earth that he loves. He cares about us. We'll talk about that more later. But we don't need to regard any intermediaries, intermediaries or authorities as greater than Jesus Christ. That's what's very important for us to see here. Um, Jesus is God. He alone deserves our worship. Now let's get to verses 5 and 6 and so we can uh, start to close out today. I'm glad I didn't do the whole thing because that would never work today. Uh, just to, yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't work. Verse 5, back to Hebrews 1. For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be my son. And then verse 6, when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all of God's angels worship him. Now that just puts an exclamation point on what we just said about God's declaration. What were the angels supposed to be doing? Worshiping Jesus, just as we do. That is exactly what we're to be doing. Jesus is God's honored firstborn son. In Jewish families, now again, remember the audience that this is being written to. In Jewish families, the firstborn son held the place of highest privilege. He held the highest place of responsibility, the son, the firstborn son. In those families, they had that uh, tradition, and that was what was in place, and they were given that responsibility. So Jewish Christians would certainly understand that as God's firstborn, Jesus was superior to any created being. Angels were created. Men and women like us were created. He was the one who was in the full and complete authority over all of us. And so that is being declared here just in the first six verses of Hebrews. Wow. So I hope you can see where this study is going. This is going to be really, really important. And I must point something out, too, that's, that's very uh, important to look at here when we look at Hebrews. I'm going to go back to this again real, real quick. The, the verses where you see where it's indented, where you're looking at Hebrews 1, uh, understand that those are referring to Old Testament verses. For example, when you go back to verse 5, where it says, um, God never said, to any, never said to any angel what he said to Jesus, you are my son, today you have become my father. Well, that's being pulled from the uh, Old Testament, Psalm 2-7. We, we need to understand that the references are being given here in the same way if you're like you're reading a message or looking at a sermon the writer of the sermon is going to refer back to passages that are going to help give context to what's being said so when you see that that's going back to Psalm 2 7 where it says God also said I will be his father and he will be my son uh, that refers back to Psalm 
It cites from 2 Samuel 7, 14, and it also cites from Psalm 89, verses 26 to 27. He's referencing Old Testament scripture to communicate exactly what is being said. These are passages that the, Hebrew, the Jewish Christians, the Hebrews there, would know they could refer to because they were very well versed in Mosaic law. They knew those things. You drop down to verse 6. Um, where it says, let all of God's angels be uh, worshipped. Uh, that's going back to Psalm 97.7, cited from Deuteronomy 32.43. See, these are all things that any good writer of a sermon or a message will always refer back to when it comes to context. And I'm going to trust that you can see all of this, and, and we'll see more of this uh, next week when we get into the rest of Hebrews. But... I want to make sure that we, we get the takeaway here. The takeaway here is about the magnanimous uh, stature of who God really is through Jesus Christ. Jesus, we're looking at his superiority, his magnificence, his totality. He is the majestic God, son of God, who resides in heaven with God. He is greater than the angels. We need to know who he is as we worship him, as we praise him, as we adore him. This study will help us to learn more about who Jesus is as we get further into the Word. I'm very thankful to be able to do this study. I, I'm, just, I'm just praising God for it. It's a great opportunity for us to just continue to deepen our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that you'll join me with this journey, because that's exactly what this is going to be a journey as we go through this book and go through this study. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to just truly be blessed by your very presence and we thank you for this teaching in hebrews it's a wonderful study about who you really are lord we are still learning about who you are we readily admit that we readily admit that we are far from perfect we are still learning more about who you truly are lord we do know from scripture that you indeed were present at creation but help us to remember these things when it comes to uh, making decisions in our lives, seeking after you first, getting what's necessary from you as we pray about the things that we do. Lord, we want to be in your will. We want you to be in our presence. We want you to continually just help us along day by day, not getting too far ahead of ourselves, but being present in the moment and just praising you for it. We thank you again for all that you're doing. We pray, Lord, that this study that we get into as we continue in Sunday school, will just bless us. And Lord, you are to be glorified in all that you're doing in our lives, and we thank you for your teaching. We just give you praise and thanks. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. We will continue uh, next week with the last part of Hebrews chapter 1. Uh, but in the meantime, go back and look at those passages. Go back and seek us out. Uh, seek out his word. Look at the references in the Old Testament that are also given as well, too. And uh, we also want to mention real quick, since it just came over the wire here, that Heather Abernathy called and needs prayer for his father because he broke his hip. We want to pray for him. And uh, let's go ahead and pray about that. Lord, we just thank you for um, Heather's message about her father. We pray, Lord, that you'll be with him right now um, as uh, Heather cannot get to him right now. And I pray that you'll just be with him as he is being tended to, that you'll just repair his hip, give him healing, and let him know of your very presence this morning. 
We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in his life and in all of our lives as we seek after you in prayer. We remember that you are the great physician, the great healer. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for being here with us this morning. We hope you can join us uh, later today for our Zoom Bible study. That's at 5 o'clock Eastern, 2 o'clock Pacific. We will be back online for that. If you've gotten an invitation, um, we will send the invites out this afternoon. If you have not, uh, if you'd like to be part of that study, uh, send your email address to akronalliance at gmail.com, and we will include you in the invitation. But do it today because... Uh, you'll also need to be able to get on and Zoom and, and be able to use it properly with a little bit of a, a pre-setup. Uh, so uh, by all means, uh, we look forward to your participation. Thanks for being here again today, guys. Uh, we are going to head down to Akron. Stay online for Pastor Gus's message uh, about Israel, uh, which is a continuation of the covenant uh, message uh, series that he's doing right now. Uh, take care of yourselves, you all. We uh, appreciate you very much. God bless, and we'll see you next time.